Welcome to the Mojo for Musicians podcast from Manny Cabo Media, where we dig deep into today's top strategies to help you take your music career to the next level with real, raw, and uplifting conversations with industry professionals that are making moves, making a difference, and making the best versions of themselves to inspire you to do the same. What's going on, everybody? I'm your host, Manny Cabo, and welcome to another episode of Mojo for Musicians. All right, Mojo Maniacs, welcome back to another rocking episode of Mojo for Musicians, a source of inspiration for my global community of artists. I mean, what can I say? I love helping musicians leverage their careers, and today is another special one for me, and I'm sure for thousands out there listening, because I have this most incredible individual that, in my opinion, is the um, the reason why I'm in music till this day, doing what I do, you know, and uh, he has started one of the biggest retail conglomerates that I'm aware of here in Jersey since my adolescent days, you know, playing with garage bands and then watching MTV and scrutinizing all the gear of the rock stars of the era and what they were implementing. And, you know, we wanted that gear. So we would go to a place like Sam Ash to buy the gear or at least, you know, ask our parents to help us out, <laughs> which I certainly did. And I'm beyond grateful because if it wasn't for my dad, that I never would have got into music because he actually bought me my first cherry red premier drum set. So when I tell you this is certainly an honor to have this guy on my show, believe me, that's an understatement because he's essentially responsible for me being where I am today, as I just alluded to, and still doing what I love to do, which is rock stages. And of course, you know, the occasional podcast, of course, which again, requires some gear. Uh, and they've been doing it since 19. 1924. So without further ado, let me introduce to you Mr. Sammy Ash. How are you, brother? And welcome to Mojo for Musicians. Hey, Manny. It is awesome to be here. And the fact that you called me incredible made my day because no one ever has ever referred to me as incredible before. Well, believe me, man, there's a lot of heartfelt uh, sentiment behind that because it's true, man. You know, if it wasn't for people like you, I don't know what we musicians would do at the end of the day. But seriously, all kidding aside, it's such an honor to have you on the show. And I'm going to give everyone a sneak peek later on in terms of your background, because you've got this beautiful, uh, picturesque painting of a slow oh, mean the literal, the literal background. Oh, <laughs> yeah, not my exactly. personal background. Okay. Exactly, exactly. But listen, listen, it's great to have you back. I know the first time we did this, uh, I guess, you know, it was serendipity. wasn't meant to be. And now you sound incredible, man. I love it because, you know, you were able to buy the gear, of course, at Sam Ash. Nice little plug. You see what I did there? Yeah. I, <laughs> I'm i not sure I paid for the microphone. I, I don't think so either. You know, I caught myself when I said that. I'm like, probably didn't have much to do oh, to pay for it. Actually, I'm, it's one of my microphones. It's a Samson. So that's my little plug. Oh, there it is. All right. There you nice. go. Well, but, listen, uh, it's great to be here, man. And it's awesome to talk to you today. Awesome. Awesome. That, that's all I can hope for. And I know I'm definitely respecting your time. So let's get right into this. Now, you've been doing this for a long time, of course, as I just alluded to, and have certainly dealt with all types of gear. Now we're in 2022, right? And it's pretty evident that the advent of technology has taken music to standards that many of us Let's face it, never thought possible. And, and never mind the pandemic. That's just another story, which I don't even want to harp on. But the advancement in technology has been 
amazing. However, a little birdie told me that the used and vintage instrument sector, right, has gone up significantly in value and demand as well. And correct me if I'm wrong, right? The, the same would apply to like the new custom shop guitars from some of the brands that we love, like Gibson, Martin, Fender. And, and tell me how you guys got through the hump of 2020 and its aftermath and its transition through today. Wow, that's a mouthful. Uh, <laughs> that's my job, see. man. That's my job. Uh, We'll we'll take it apart one by one. Sure. You mentioned something about what's going on in the used business right yeah, now. The man. used business is rocking. Nice. Combination of people who got into it and decided it wasn't for them. 2000, uh, 2020 was a very pivotal year for a lot of people. Right. It was the largest amount of pe uh, people going into playing music. Right. Uh, the mail order industry went crazy with musical instruments, which meant that every sector of the country was buying, every group was buying, beginners, professionals, sure. uh, hobbyists, and collectors. One of the things that happened is um, a lot of people needed money. This basic thing. And we were able to be there, and I think offer fair prices, but the stuff that was coming in, it was all beautiful, high-end, clean instruments. It changed. Everything changed in the whole industry. The stuff that was coming in were closet queens. Yeah. But the market exploded, and people are looking for all of this odd stuff that's been hidden under chairs and desks and Collecting closets dust, for right? years. Collecting Absolutely. <laughs> and And... It's been a lot of fun because each one is different. It's not a new Les Paul. Each Les Paul is different. Each uh, Bach trumpet is different. Each DW kit is different. Yeah. And uh, we, I think we we do a good service to our customers. I try. Well, listen, we I, well, I got you on the show. So obviously you did something right throughout the years. And I got to tell I, you. I, look, I'm here. <laughs> And I give a lot of credit to Stu and the guys up there because I got to tell you, you know, this is full transparency between you and me and this grand piano here. I was going through some difficult times. You know, I just lost my dad to COVID and Hurricane Ida wiped me clean. And I went in there one day. I said, listen, I need at least a decent pair of monitors. And uh, my boy, Stu, sure enough, he sees me because, you know, when I walk in there, you know, I pretty much know a lot of the um, the employees that are there. But Stu's looking, you know, you see waving from the uh, from the uh, from behind the booth, he's like, "Man, hey, what's going on, buddy?" And I explained to him what I needed, and then he forwarded me um, to his other counterpart. And ever since day one, I've always felt like it was it was kind of a family oriented thing. And I know that's it's kind of mushy to say that, but it's so true. I feel that I love walking into a place. People know you by first name, Manny. What's going on? How's everything? I was the gig on Saturday. It's just more inviting, right? I mean, that's the way it, I feel as a customer. It's it's intentional, if nothing else, but it is what exudes from re from the reality of what this company sure. really is. We're a family business. Right. Customer has a problem. They can actually go to a family member. A, an employee has a problem. They can go to a family member. They know our people have serious longevity. We have over 90 people with the company uh, 
20 years or longer. Wow. We don't churn our people. We figure a way to keep them however possible. It was painful when, when we had to have all the stores closed and put all these people on, over a thousand people on furlough. Yeah. I couldn't sleep. Yeah. You know, everybody, nobody knew what was going on. All of a sudden, nobody had security. It just was taken away. Well, that's exactly and, it, right? Everyone was like yeah. in this mood of like, oh my God, now what? But uh, I'm really happy to say that 90% of our people came back. So we didn't start with this new green, I don't know what's going on crew. Sure. We started back up with our senior crew, with our managers, uh, 90% of all our general managers, sales managers, um, top salespeople all came back. And they came back, I'd like to think, because of us. They knew right. the company they worked for. They knew the company they are working for. And they knew the company they'd be coming back to. Mm. And, you know, we make no secret of how we take care of our people. And you know what? I, I have to agree because, you know, Jake, uh, Jake Sachs, who has been there, uh, he was there for a few years. Such a great guy. He's helped me with some harmonies and vocals and stuff. And then Dave, he took over that day. He's like, yeah, man, listen. I, I explained to him. I said, listen, I would love to interview one of your CEOs, one of the higher-ups, because I love this place. I really do. I'm not going to mention any other competitors because that's irrelevant right now. What I do know is I kept shopping at your well, facility. I, I don't think you can get Mr. Center on the phone, though. <laughs> Sorry. <laughs> no, that's a good one. I like that. And Dave's like, yeah, man, let me give you Sammy's email. And uh, he knew who I was. Obviously, I wasn't scamming anything. And it was easy as that. But the relationship that I've built with your community has been fantastic. And it's a true testament to upper management. I've been in retail, man. I've worked there all my life. If you're happy but, working there, then you're happy in the environment. And guess what? In turn, you treat your customers happily. It makes sense. Well, think right? about think about what you just said and how odd that is. Yeah. You went into an associate on the floor who gave you the boss's email address and phone number without fear. Now, right. what's going to happen? You know, they understand the kind of company we are. We're very open. We're very real. There's this thing called the bird eye, which is a culmination of Google and several other rating services. And they put them all together in a package mm. and they send us this information. And uh, for the most part, uh, frankly, the word I can use is our customers love us. Yeah. Because when we get the negative bird eye, because there are those, Oh, absolutely. I deal with it. Every morning, I deal with it. I, I find out what went, why the customer was so angry, or why they felt that they were wronged in one way or another. We get to the, the meat of it. Sure. But that's a lot of, there's a lot of that. There's a lot of us involved directly. I have my two brothers. I have two sons currently, three soon, three nephews. My vice president has been with us since 69. Man. My other executive vice president since 75. I, I just hit my 50th anniversary. And 
you know, we, we know each other. We trust now, each now, other. I got to stop you. I, I'm just intrigued. I sure. got to ask you. So, you know, sometimes it's, it's a nightmare working with family. How is it with you? Cause that's a, and you know what? It's not like one or two. You've got like a whole, literally a whole family working with you. Like, does it get exhausting? Does it get tense sometimes? You know, the varying opinions, the personalities, you know, the emotional side, how's that, you know, how's that play a role? Um, <laughs> look at you. <laughs> Evidence by the grin. I can only imagine. <laughs> well, uh, the truth is, it's not easy. I right. mean, we all want to get to the same direction. We all want to figure out how to do it best, how of to course. take care of the people best. And there can only be one idea. Yeah. So you compromise. Whose idea is it best? And we throw stuff out for discussion. How are the people going to react if we do X or if we do Y? Right. What is it going to be for them? And, you know, oh, that's a bad idea. All right, we won't do it. Oh, I think that's a great promotion. Okay, everyone agreed? Yeah, great. Yeah. But we're not talking a huge group here. We're talking three to five people at most that basically run the direction, decide how this company is going to go, the products we're going to carry the direction of openings and closings and all of that. It's not, we're, we're completely self-owned. There's no board of directors. I mean, the closest thing we have to board of directors is Thanksgiving. And um, <laughs> I, You know what? And I have to ask that. I had to pose the question because, you know, especially during a pandemic, you know, tension is really, really high. And so- <laughs> Actually, no, it's great. Pandemic, everyone worked from home. It was awesome. Okay, okay, there you go. Okay, some very <laughs> opinions. And it's true, I get it, I get it. But, you know, it's just one of those questions where, you know, nah. you start mentioning family and you're like, oh, you start to cringe. But yeah, I could see that. And of course, all kidding aside, I know you got your stuff together over there because the, the service has been consistent since day one. Everyone there, I mean, you walk in the store, everybody greets you. Man, I love that stuff. It's a, it's the little things for me. I worked in retail all my life. I worked with some of the big retail conglomerates like Enterprise Rent-A-Car, you know, Apple Computers. And we were always taught to exceed expectations. And, you know, I'm fully commending you on this because all the guys and the crew that you have all there, they're very knowledgeable, very approachable, and just cool dudes. And they do what I do, which is play music. And, you know, what better person to talk to than somebody who could understand and relate to what you do day in and day out? Well, a lot of that is the feedback from the customers. Mm. You know, um, if I get a lot of reports of one particular individual, what's going on here? I'll take it to either the manager directly or I'll take it to the regional manager, say, what is going on? Why are everybody complaining about this person? Or why are they complaining about the way the store looks yeah. or whatever? And we react on these things and the customers understand that. Yeah. But it's very important that people understand we are a complete hands-on company. That's awesome. Um, we, we, <laughs> we have no hobbies, for one thing. All of our hobbies are our children. That's basically what it comes down yeah. to. I hack on guitar. My brother Richard hacks on, uh, on a bunch of instruments. Actually, he's a pretty decent musician. And, you know, we wake up in the morning, I read reports, I have dinner afterwards, I catch up on emails and Facebook uh, questions and all that kind of stuff. Same goes for the rest of my family. Wow. Uh, I see my dad almost every day. And, you know, 
if I wasn't continuing the way it was, I wouldn't be able to, I couldn't lie to him about what's going on. Sure. So we just make sure, hey, yeah, status quo, everything is going forward. Every customer is being handled properly and if not properly compensated for. Whatever it takes, I mean, we're, we're just, this month is our 98th anniversary. Wow. And, you know, that's longevity. And there's something we must be doing right. Yeah, you know, we've it. never declared bankruptcy. We've, you know, we've always been there. You know, uh, the famous quote, 98 years, no conviction. Um, <laughs> that's actually one of my favorites. Well played. Well, listen, no, um, hold on. let me stop you right there because this is sure. actually a great segue into question number two, which is something that ha has certainly affected me with respect to, let's just say, availability. You know, talk to me about, you know, um, let, let's let's go back to some normalcy because we truly all lacked that normalcy during the pandemic. Right. And yeah. even my yeah. own personal sponsors like Stedman and Sennheiser and Westone, they all had some major issues with, uh, you know, instruments and pieces being backordered. Right. Until this day, they're still lacking in inventory. So how did you guys manage that? But more importantly, how did you maintain the relationship with the community of musicians and the existing customers that you had? Because let's face it, they've been relying on you for so many years. Like, what was your rebuttal? You know, I come in, I, I need a specific wireless microphone system. It's not in stock. Like, how did you deal with that? Because that's the secret sauce of uh, the longevity. Well, um, a lot of apologies. Mm. A lot of apologies. See, COVID wasn't one factor to our industry, it was a calamity. Yeah. You had COVID, so manufacturers had to close, you know, running from three shifts to none, hmm. going back to three shifts after two months, two and a half months, three months, isn't a fast thing. So suddenly you have um, months of product not being manufactured for anybody in any part of the world. Right. Then you had the chip problem that took place in, in uh, China and Japan. So suddenly, couldn't get a keyboard anywhere from Yamaha, Roland, Korg, no one's fault, but I they know, all relied on this one manufacturer. And, you know, that happened. Then you had shortages in China. And today, half of everything we sell, whether it's brass and winds, guitars, PA cabinets, whatever, is made in China. So when they have a shortage, once again, so this was not just a guitar thing. This was an everybody's right. thing. And in every, every musician was hampered and there was very little we could do about it. The stuff that we were selling was crazy. We were selling stuff that wasn't normally selling because we had it. Mm. People were making substitutes because we had it. Sure. And also another thing happened is... Uh, loyalty to the dealer, which I only expect you to be loyal if we do the right thing, but loyalty to the dealer was out the window. Hey, you have a Les Paul and Sunburst. You're the only person in the country and buying it from you. I usually go to, mm, of course, but uh, you've got it. I'm taking it. Well, I mean, what can they say at that point? You know, the scarcity played a huge part in all that stuff. I mean, I, you can't take umbrage to that, right? Huge. And that has fueled the used and vintage market. Mm, that makes sense. Because also the manufacturers, well, I'm not saying they didn't need to uh, make price rises, but they used, 
that as one of the reasons. Mm. And I think they all needed to make price rises. I'm not blaming them. Everybody's materials are taking longer to get, harder to harvest. Um, But normalcy is coming in. I'm now seeing things in 30s and 40s and not ones and twos. Uh, I'm now seeing pallets as opposed to tens. And, and, and that's everything. Once yeah. again, across the board, we're now starting to see brass and winds that we hadn't seen in a while. Mm. Nice kits that we hadn't seen in a while. PA cabinets. This was the craziest thing I never understood. One of the strongest categories in the pandemic when every club in the world was closed was PA systems. The nuttiest thing. I waited. Where were people using them? I couldn't mm. figure it out. But now it's even bigger because the clubs have reopened and a lot of people are out and a lot of places got COVID money to outfit, upgrade, all of that. Mm. So it went from a total calamity to now everything is starting to rise. You know what they say? Um, high tide raises all boats. Sure. Well, the boats are raising. Uh, Sweetwater announced they did $1.4 billion in sales. Now, I don't know about you, but I've lived in this business my whole life. And to me, that's insane. Yeah, that is. That's an astronomical. And I'm not saying that they didn't do it. They did it. They deserve it. They're a great company. Uh, Chuck Surak, who was the owner, has Mm. stepped aside. I don't know what's happening or what's going to go on, but. You know, they're, they're a quality company. I only have good did, things to say about Suido. Yeah, I've got a couple of too. Good, good, good people. Yeah. But 10 years ago, they did less than half of that. Yeah. So there is growth happening. I understand a lot of music stores did close. I have a feeling it had a lot to do with being underfunded. Mm. But the music stores that stayed are all very much like me. We're healthy, and I could sell more if I had more. Right. If I had another 50 Les Paul standards, I'd sell another 50 Les Paul standards tomorrow. If I had another anything. But it's like I said, it's building up. Right. I have this division called Guitars of Distinction, which is instruments that are guitars that are $2,000 and up. They all come into my division and they all get inspected, blah, 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 blah. Nice. The babies. A year ago, I had 12 guitars on my 70, 80, 90 shelves. Hmm. Now I've got a nice representation from everybody. I got a big selection of Taylor. Martin is starting to fill up Gibson. Everybody, it's starting. It's not the numbers we want, but it's the numbers that right. will take. It's something. And it, yeah. And the customer's appetite doesn't seem to be waning. Oh, no. They still want more gear. And it's like the old days. You you start with your guitar and your amplifier, and you buy a fuzz. And the next thing you know, you're buying a a better cable, and you're buying a chorus pedal, and you're buying a strap. That's, you know, it's a wave. And your brother's like, you told me once in passing, your brother like loves pedals. He's like a, an aficionado of pedals. No, no, that, that's my son. Ben. Oh, your son. Okay. No, He's a somebody. pedal geek. He's a pedal geek. We just recently had gotten in a Klon uh, Golden Horsey. That's I don't even very, know what that is. <laughs> okay. Well, 
We're asking many, many thousands of dollars for it. Wow. And it's a pedal that's sold for $300 new. Yeah. There's this thing going on with specialty pedals, custom pedals, original Japanese pedals. Mm. If you, you know, somebody, somebody has a Sam Ash fuzz box from 1967 for $1,100 on reverb. Well, I will tell you and, this. I will tell you this. A good friend of mine, RJ Ronquillo, who's a big influencer. He was the guitar player. Uh, we performed actually at um, in Nashville at the at the stadium, and he was with Thompson Square, and he does a lot, a lot of uh, videos for pedals. And when I tell you, I can't, I can't even fathom the uh, the amount of comments that you see on his on his posts because they're all. Wow, that sounds like the classic 1960 or the 1950 or where'd you get that? And so I believe you, man. I completely, I completely understand the value and the, uh, you know, the fanfare behind pedals. So yeah, it's no surprise for me there. There's also this underground of pedal manufacturers, garage pedal manufacturers doing some really cool stuff, but they make so few, they don't go to dealers. For the most part, they're sold direct. And some of them are really awesome. Oh, I see. Yeah. And it's true. But, but you have to do a leap of faith. Here's a person you never heard of in a town you've never been to mm. who's making a pedal that's a one-off that's going to cost me $325. Okay. Well, you know, like I said, that's a leap of faith. But it, you know, it's kind of cool. These guys for that are ele- making a name for themselves. Well, yeah, that's just it. It's there, and there's an element of exclusivity there. I, I've got the one of a kind or the two of a yes. kind. That's pretty cool. So very important, right? So listen, very important. Let's move on to question number three because this is definitely sure. a, a way to uh, sediment these two. Let, let's talk about the future of Sam Ash and, and where you guys are headed. Uh, I don't know with respect to advertising and social media, the internet, the metaverse. There's so much going on and. What have you guys learned thus far and looking to implement in the future? And the second part of this question is what I personally love. And that just brings me to another tier of respect for you guys and appreciation is to your, your mom's scholarship, you know, the Bernice Ash Memorial NAM scholarship. Like how did you guys ideate that and who was it specifically created for? All right. Where do you want me to go first? You, you take it, man. I just asked the question. Uh, you know what? I'm, I'm going to talk about my mom for a second. Yeah. Who okay? doesn't, right? Uh, my mom was an extraordinary person. She was a beautiful woman. And she was unique in this industry. She ran the sheet music and books, print music mm. division of Sam Ash Music. Doesn't sound like a lot, but... Um, she had gotten it up at one time to close to $20 million in sales of books wow. and sheet music by herself and her team. That's amazing. This is without fancy computers and all that, a lot of oh, handwork. Yeah. Um, and she was recognized as a force in this industry. She wasn't Jerry's wife. She was either Bernice Ash or Jerry and Bernice. Right, right. She was never Jerry's wife. Yeah, she made a name never. for herself, man. She made a name for herself. And, and, a quality name for her. Sure. So, and rightfully um, so. And, and she did. And uh, our friends, uh, the Gretsch family, mm. Fred and Diana Gretsch, decided when my mother passed last year that a scholarship should be in her name for strong women in our industry to look forward to. 
Mm. And, uh, you know, the initial, uh, we were trying to reach $100,000. I think we've exceeded $200,000. So now it's perpetual. We know it's going to go on forever. And my mother's name will live forever regarding this. That's amazing. Um, yes, but it, it it is absolutely the Gretsch's seed. They brought it to Nam. Mm. And Nam asked my permission, like I'm going to say no, <laughs> right? Um, and it was uh, the one of the greatest gestures, and, and it would, became industry. Retailers supported this, manufacturers supported this, uh, publishers supported this. It was crazy how everybody just came together. Well, here's and the, the thing: I just, I definitely have to interject because this is a sure. testament. I say this all the time. Listen, when you, when you have this beautiful energy, right, and you do things to elevate the community, to better someone, to empower someone else. The only thing that can come from it are good things. And so it doesn't surprise me that the Gretsch family wanted to at least, you know, idolize your mom. And like I said, rightfully so. That's incredible, man. And congratulations. Well-deserved. Thank you. There's a, a history with the Gretsch family. And mm-hmm. uh, really fast, one of the many little anecdotes right. is... When my father and uncle were looking to expand into this place called Long Island, uh, it was Fred Gretsch who put them in the back of their cat- his Cadillac. First time they ever sat in a leather seat in their whole lives, mm. in a car anyway, <laughs> and drove them out to this place called Long Island and helped them find their third store. Mm. He, Fred Gretsch Sr., made us a chain. Wow. That's kind of wild, right? How many stores do you have now, Sammy? Uh, 45. Wow. And uh, Order Fulfillment Center in Tampa and four distribution I centers. had no idea, man. I thought maybe, okay, 20. I know you have a few here in Jersey, but four. Oh, my God. That's incredible, yeah. man. We're in 16 states. We're in most of the major music capitals in the country. And that's, of course, on, on purpose. You know, we're in... Of course, New York, but we're in Miami, we're in Nashville, we're in Chicago, we're in L.A., Ring L.A., actually. Um, Well, you have to be strategic. We're in San Antonio. You know, we we want to be where the musicians are. And that's that. I mean, could we get a lot bigger? Uh, Not without too many growing pains. Kind of like this size. But we're a company of opportunity. We're not looking right now actively to grow but if something fell on our lap and something we're talking to you know a company that wants to sell uh, that's the most i can tell you mm. and we're considering that and and that is how what part of the way we grew that's how we acquired manny's and that's how we acquired mars and music to the max and thoroughbred and all these they the opportunity presented itself sure. with several buildings and really good employees. And we would go in and we died Sam Ashit and make it look like a Sam Ash music store. And Sam Ashify it. There you go. I Ashified it. Very good. Yes. I Ashified <laughs> it. Ashification. Exactly. Dude, that's fantastic. And I got to tell you, man, it, it really does not surprise me. And I, I do. I mean, I, I wish more abundance for you guys. So, you know, let's just go into my last question, which is a pretty sure. obvious one. It's my staple question of the show. I already know the answer, but I, I really, truly love asking this question because there's so many different perspectives. Like, 
What's your mojo? Like, why do you keep doing this? Like retail is hard, man. And I recommend everyone, everyone to work retail, to understand the value of dealing with different personalities and the fluctuation of the economy and understanding, you know, uh, the different needs of your customers. So what keeps you going, man? And what type of advice would you have for someone in your position looking to at least start another, you know, conglomerate and hopefully as big as Sam Ash or even bigger? Like people or get out. Wow. If you don't like people, there's really no sense in going into a business that's a people business. And retail is a people business. No doubt. You, you know, you, you have to, you have to understand a few things. You know, you are service. You're in the service business. Sure. Any retail is a service business. And you have to understand in, in a little way, you're yeah. a bit of a servant. And you're and filling you, the cravings and appetites of what? Musicians. That's what you do. You know, we're emotional exactly. creatures as it is. Exactly. We're kids in candy stores. <laughs> exactly. Um, and, and, and we love that. And we, you asked me what gets me to work. Well, you see the guitars around me. We sell everything that's musical instruments. My thing is guitars. Mm. Uh, Period. I'm Doesn't sure you've got Gretsch. I'm sure you got one or two Gretches in there. You have to, because I love them. Those classic. You know, it reminds me of the the old Stray Cats and the Elvis. Oh, and for those of you, obviously, this is not a video podcast, but he's actually getting up. He's picking. I have one to up. take my headphones off for a second. Yeah, no, that's cool. That's cool. I'm going to show yeah. this later too. I'm going to I'm going to record this video. I'm going to post this too, so I got to see this. This is this is a mint condition, all original. 1956 Gretsch 61. Oh my God. A 1961 what? Six, uh, 6120. It's from 1956. Gotcha. And in much better condition than I am. And it's a year older. Oh my God. And I got the God. original case and strap too. So what's that bad boy go for? Come on. Uh, not that I'm ever going to sell it, but uh, <laughs> they go for, they're pushing now 15 to 20 grand. Unbelievable. Oh, I know a couple of guys and they would probably lose their minds if I walked in with them. See, I guitars is something I know. I, I can mm. invest in guitars and make money. I can invest in stocks and lose my shirt every single time. Sure. You know, I know oh, yeah. what I'm doing and uh I love it. I mean my collection grows. I have my Gibson. My, my Gibson collection, Fender right. collection, Paul Reed Smiths, all of those kind of things. And uh but that's kind of what gets me in. I, I think I sent you a picture of my office. I did. It's, it's ridiculous. It is. And I come in and uh, I'm a little bit of a magnet. Everybody who, most of the people who work in my office play guitar. So we're always talking about guitar. My doorway always has somebody standing in it, which I'm very happy about. Now, did you ever walk in there and uh, see one of the... Uh... <laughs> one of the guitar slots missing a guitar and you lose your mind or what? Is it like that? Once we had two <laughs> guitars stolen. Uh, I had recently moved into that side of the building. Two of my guitars were stolen mm. and our head of security changed our lives overnight. We're now clocking in and we're chipping in and with put, uh, all of a sudden, you know, wow. we were a nice, uh, easy, open company, and yeah. uh, you got to sign in and all that other kind yeah. of nonsense. But uh, yes, I mean, I walked into my office. I knew immediately Ugh. what. Not only there were holes, I knew immediately what was missing. What it was, yeah, of course. I'm, and they were I'm sure. one was one was a gift from one of the uh, 
the guys at the Fender Custom Shop for uh, uh, helping them with something. And that one really hurt me. The other one was a really nice guitar, very cool, okay, didn't really mean anything to me except dollars. This other one was, ah, it hurt. I can imagine. Well, listen, I I don't want to take up too much of your time. This has been great, man. I love having these. Hey, I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) fine here, man. I'm doing great. You just love being in that room. You are a kid in a candy store, man. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. I I clearly (laughs) am. I mean, and I can talk all day long. I know you can. I know you can. Well, this has been amazing, man. I'm totally grateful for your time. Thanks for sharing your journeys and, and your strategies and, and your family legacies. And I got to tell you, I don't see Sam Ash going anywhere. And thank God for that. Cause you know, I, there's a couple of things that I still need to get. So I'm going to have to visit you, uh, you know, you guys up in Springfield, but thanks so much for your time, Sammy. Seriously. Well, I kind of have to thank you for representing a lot of my customers our customers because you know you felt so good about mm. the treatment you get from my people yeah. that you felt it was necessary to seek me out 100% and that is about as cool as it can get to have you know the people who represent me to yeah. be so impressive to somebody to want to do that and that alone is kind of another reason I go to work. I love, I, I really dig my people. Yeah. I would like to think that the, they feel the same about me. <laughs> well, listen, but, I want to make you know, sure. This, everything's behind closed doors. <laughs> right, so right, know. right. I just want to make sure you tell Dave and Stu and Jake and all those guys, man, that I totally, totally uh are, I'm in their debt, and I'm so grateful for their service, man, because they have certainly guided me through some of the most difficult times yeah. in my life, man. And and thank you once again. I honor your time and love what you do, man. Keep doing things, and may you get well, another 100 years of life to, I don't know, maybe put another 40 stores. Who knows? I'm going to throw a shout-out to the Springfield store and the staff. Uh, George runs a great store. He's a great guy. Yeah. And uh, – you know, all of the people he has brought up, yeah. most of those guys have been with us for a while. And there's a reason for that. We want them to be. I feel like I so want to go in there and take a picture of the whole crew and just post it as the Please do. Uh, place Please do, man. Cool, they're, man. They're great. They're awesome. <laughs> and so are you. Thanks, you are brother. awesome for doing this. I appreciate you, Sammy. Seriously, man. Well, listen, I'm going to let you go. Have an amazing day. Keep grinding, man. Keep growing. Much abundance to you and the Sam Ash family, bro. You've run a great show, man. I really appreciate it. Totally appreciate you too, man. Have a great day, Sammy. Be well. Say hi to the guys. Will do. Thanks, brother. This has been a Mojo for Musicians podcast. If you're a musician, producer, engineer, or any other industry professional wanting to share your mojo and stories of success with our listeners, or just want to share some feedback on today's episode, we'd love to hear from you. So just send us an email at info at Thanks for listening.